We're back to the warehouse for the third Blitzball battle. Loser could be in danger of missing the playoffs? Roro. Welcome to the Blitzball Boys, the podcast about Blitzball and boys, but mostly about Blitz Boys. I'm your co-host, Brendan Ruppel, along with my fellow host, Peter Del Rey. Hey, that's a new one. It's I, not, I, not always. It's either usually Blitzball or boys. You just... Going you know, it's, it's, a, today, a, huh? it's a deep cut to episode two. I stumbled over my words and said both. So, wow. so true fans have heard Blitz, some version of Blitz Boys before. Wow. So, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I hope people are keeping stats of what we do say here. Just like we're keeping stats for <laughs> somebody, the warehouse games. Yeah. Somebody's doing what I do for, for the warehouse <laughs> for, games. And it's just for stupid things uh, we say. But very intense game today. I think you're always going to get that for a loser loser. So... I hope you got your cup of milk. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if there's ever going to be a game in this tournament that I would forget my cup of milk for. This one, I might have even added a little bit of chocolate syrup. I love. I love chocolate milk. I don't know if BTS uh, likes chocolate milk, it. but they have. They better try it. Never had chocolate milk. Never. You, you, are you allergic to chocolate? No, it just, this is just something that we find out. <laughs> it, whether it's on the Hoppy Boys or, if it, or it's here, it's just... What One was of those it, strange uh, things. For the Hoppy Boys, was it smoothies or was it milkshakes? Milkshakes, it was milkshakes, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had either of those until like last year. And you have some, like, some famous for having stomach issues. You would have thought it would be something relating to that, and it's just something you just missed nope. the boat on. <laughs> it was just, no, it was something like, it was a texture thing. So when I was a kid, like, I hated drinking milk. Mm-hmm. So I was like, chocolate milk? That's just milk with extra steps. I'm out. <laughs> so Makes sense. Okay. But yeah, back to Blitzball. Back to, I Good don't know game. if we even got there yet. <laughs> we got there. We Good got game. There. Great game, maybe. We, I mean, we've been pretty high on all the games. I don't know if there's been a bad game yet. I think the the way they set up these games purposefully makes it so that almost every inning is really important. It's very yeah. smart of them. Great, great layout. Um, let's... Uh, Rip a burn and get into it. Go for it. Okay. Boing. Well, game six is an 0-1 team matchup, so by the end of these games, could easily be called either hook line stinker or Mac hurry shower. Colin Stoner says he prefers alcohol to weed today because he gets to take a solo shot to right field to start the offense for Mac Flurry Power. Hook, line, sinker comes to bat, down by two with some work to do. They work the bases loaded for a struggling Dan Kenobia, who says, to Zemer, I barely know her, and absolutely cranks one off Collins, showing his fortitude. Mr. Davis is back on the mound and looks to finish out this game just as they drew it up. He puts his body on the line, making an amazing play to rob a single along with any hope of a rally from McFlurry. Drew finishes out the inning with full confidence, striking out Stone to end the game. Hook, line, sinker, four. McFlurry power, two. Wow. I think it's really funny that as you were giving the uh, Drew finishes the inning with full confidence, that's right about where it sounded like you were losing confidence. <laughs> I lost it because I stumbled. Oh, I wrote these words. Pure irony. I loved Mac Hurry Shower. <laughs> I really loved that. That was really that, funny. Some things just write themselves, you know. They do. They really do. What a fucking game. Like I said before, man. These loser-loser games are so intense, obviously. I feel like it's something that doesn't need to be said. Um, but 
they're so intense. There were so many moments where, I, again, it's going to sound lame to say, but I had to like remind myself to breathe because <laughs> like, it's just, it's, just a, it's a fake tournament right. with people who you've never met before. Right? Why are you nervous about this? But because, I was because it and, was. You, uh, you feel like you get to know them. It's it's you get to know them even more than you do like an MLB team. It's like a, it's like Jimmy said in the the Yankees the the breakdown today. It's like half reality show, and the reason why you watch reality shows is because you feel like you get to know these people. It's like when you're listening to podcasts all the time, they become your friends. These people to us feel like friends, and that's why you get so so sunken into it. Um, the, the only thing that can make this game a little bit more dramatic would be if it this was the other 01 game and this one had already finished and they know they had to get a certain run differential that's the only thing with higher stakes maybe but this one there's only two teams that are going to be owned too so you you better be scared to be one of them i mean i think uh, some part of it also was the fact that um you had two guys here who really needed to redeem themselves in colin that too. and and drew and i feel like for drew it's a bit harsh to say he needed to redeem himself he needed to redeem himself for his own sake because to yeah. him, it feels like he left that first round being like, you're the fucking worst player in the tournament. Even though he, he literally hit a home run off Trevor Plouffe. Right. And he was looking, he was, at the first um, half of the game, he looked like he was going to be an up-and-comer. And, yeah. he, and he, but at I the mean, end of this game, he is. Start to this game, he was not uh, fantastic. No. Um, I mean, but so, on that, so Colin Sloan hit a, hit a home run. And he was one of the players yeah. you were saying that needs to turn it around. That one made me scream louder than Dan Canobio's home run because I just wasn't expecting that at all. And no, that, spoilers! That, that pitch, <laughs> they, hopefully they've watched it and they're not psychopaths <laughs> like your friend that just listens to our podcast and doesn't watch the, <laughs> watch the show. Wow, and he, he texted me today saying that you were so funny too and now you've made me out of <laughs> I called him a Unbelievable. psycho. Unbelievable. It's really funny. We love him. Uh, Eric is his name? We love you, Eric. We love yeah. you, Eric. Uh, so yeah, so Colin Stone's home run was off. Honestly, a really good pitch. Like, I replayed it a couple times to see what it was and where it was. And it was just like, it was like a rising fastball. It was about to be dotted on the outer left corner, like low and away. It was it was a great pitch. And I thought maybe the only reason why Collinstone hit it that hard in that spot was because Drew had been going there over and over again. But he really, he had been kind of all over the place. So for Collins to be looking out there and just smacking one in that spot and so hard to right field was just really, really impressive. I think it's more credit to Colin Stone than it is like an indictment to Drew. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Colin was swinging out of his fucking shoes, man. Well, especially after, I, I after that too, I, I, I think I read in your notes too, that he had like a lot of swings over a hundred miles per hour. I think he started yeah, swinging was, harder after the home run too. He's like, I got it, baby. I got the juice. No. Cause even in the first that bad, he had one that was like one Oh nine, one Oh seven, something like yeah. that. Um, but he, he was swinging out his shoes the whole game. Yeah. Which, Which is not, not what I would want to be doing. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be doing that knowing that I didn't get any hits last game either. But it, it worked out. He yeah. got a hit in his home run. But yeah. Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy himself ball. has proven that you don't necessarily have to hit the ball really hard or swing really hard to, like, to be effective in this game. Yeah, yeah I, you I, I swing the ball extra hard. I, I, yeah, really, really hard. I can't, I can't imagine how far that back wall is. Like It looks pretty close to home plate. Like, well, I don't know how many feet. Probably like, at least seven feet. I was gonna say it's somewhere around six feet. Um, it might be like around five feet. Okay, I'm looking at it now. It looks like maybe it's closer to four feet. Realistically, I want to know how far it is. 
because it is the, interesting. The mound is, is the mound is forty seven of Jimmy's feet. So I wonder how many of Jimmy's feet it is wow. to the back wall. So Ooh. I want to I want to say it's because the it definitely looks closer to the wall than it does to home plate, the, like the back of the mound. So I would say maybe it's like only seventy five feet back there. I don't yeah. know. Well, I'm, well, we'll f- let us know. We'll find out eventually, or we won't. Yeah, I'll be expecting um, John Boy in my DMs to let me know the exact footage of his feet and how far it is. Thank you, John. Thank you, John Boy, for Thank the you, information. Um, so yeah, so that, that first inning, console home run, um, cranked, and Dan Canobio doesn't have his best stuff, but still is making K Mac look foolish, like so foolish. I mean, the big thing is, is that K-Mac didn't have his best stuff. Very, very clearly. You're talking, you're talking about consistently one of the better batters in the warehouse. Yeah. And it's not like he did bad. He just was very un-K-Mac-ish. Mm-hmm. Where you, you were hearing it in the first inning, right? Where he's talking about how well he's seeing the pitches. He's describing exactly how they're moving. Yeah, he's right. describing... Uh, you know, to Colin, like, oh, just wait, this one's going to, you know? Um, and then just to see him get, you know, three strikeouts in this game. And luckily he walks on that one at one bat hit. where he swings twice at ridiculous pitches, one of them that hits him. If he struck out on yeah. that at bat, it would have been like, K-Mac looks awful this game. But I think he yeah. eventually does get a hit off of Dan Canobio. But he, I think he, he mentioned even in the pregame show, like, yeah, I'm the one that told Dan I can't see him. So he's not wrong for saying that. Um, it's, yep. ju- it's just that lefty lefty that must be really tough. I mean, he was saying he saw the slider pretty well. He was he just couldn't see the fastball, which is wild to think about. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 remember in Roulette where Dan Canobio just burst on the scene and was like, "Hey, watch this! I'm a lefty who will throw straight fastballs, and not a single person could touch any of it." Yeah. So when he when I he mean, when he you can locate, I think he is a real a real force to be reckoned with. So if if they move on deep into this tournament and Dan Canobio start, I, I can see them being a dark horse if Dan C really uh, locates that because he, he, it does it ha- doesn't have much rise but it's got a little bit of dart to the left um, yeah Dan I, City yeah and I, I think that could be really useful especially if he keeps up his power struck yeah I mean the big um, story of this first inning is that Drew looked completely dejected so early on. He gave up back-to-back homers, essentially. I know they're two different games, but it's two appearances. Yeah. The last two batters he faced, Trevor walking him off, first batter this game, Colin hitting a home run. And to him, he's a pitcher and first. He's a pitcher first, right. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't think that really matters to, to Drew, because to Drew, Drew very much seemed like he had the mindset of don't give a fuck who's in front of me i'm yeah. mowing them down right um and then just two back to back in the warehouse where drew has been historically dominant yeah uh just really kind of sucks for him he's super dejected you saw <clears throat> dan was uh giving him a pep talk at one point like as if it's a a boxing match. yeah yeah it, it you know, he gets him. He's like, "Hey, you got to fix your body language because that's the first place where all this is going to turn around." And then you know, that's something I, that I only Dan Canobio would did. point out too, which is really cool to see that. And it yeah. didn't, like I, you said too, it, it didn't work out right away because the next pitch he clocks uh, Colin in the head. But right. I mean, that's one like one pitch just got away from him. It's, I don't think that had anything to do with his attitude. 
But I, th- I think it no. did translate to later in the game because the second inning, even at, at bat two and the second inning, he it looks angrier than anyone I've ever seen in the warehouse before. Like, looks mur- in a murderous rage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Drew Drew looked terrifying. Yeah. Drew was so angry. It was nuts. It worked. Um, we've I've never seen somebody so serious. <laughs> he was getting pissed. He was about to, like, fucking scream after every walk he took, too. He, he wanted to hit somebody. <laughs> he wanted to hit somebody. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, you see, like, Dan Canobio goes into Papa Dan mode. Yeah. And says, He forgot how old he is. He really doesn't look that old. He's fifty-seven. I, I just, I just saw that on my sheet. <laughs> so, um, but like he, you know, he talks to, he talks to Drew as if he's a father coaching a son mm-hmm. out of like a, uh, when the son gets in his own head, because say my brother used to do this all the yeah, time. Yeah. Every time, my dad, my brother was a pitcher. And every time he would have trouble in the first inning, my dad would be like, we got to calm him down or else this game's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what Dan was trying to do there because he's yeah. Papa Dan. And he's some, never not been. Sometimes people don't want to hear that either. So it's, it's good that it ended up working out in the end because a lot of times like like that son scenario, you just, just said, I can see the, the kid being like, no. screw off, Dad. Let but, me tell you something, yeah. Brendan. From my eyes, whatever Dan said, Drew was not getting any of it. He was in such a deep hole that only he could pull himself. Probably out. doesn't even remember that Dan, that Dan came up to him. <laughs> Dan came up to him and said that stuff about you need to fix your your body language because this is where the first like step of defeat is. And mm-hmm. and all Drew was like was like I I can't find the zone. It's like that's it. Yeah. Drew was not listening. Drew was like, "There's one one person who could pull me out of this, mm-hmm. and it's me." Yeah, I can see that too. Um, and then you know. Hookline gets up to to <clears throat> excuse me. Hookline gets up to the plate, uh, and you know, obviously, Dan says, "You know what, young Drew, I'm gonna put this team on my back." This is after you know letting up a home run, walking in K Mac. Yeah, yeah. They they come up. Uh, I'm on the edge of my seat because, like I said, it's like okay. You've now backed the injured animal against the wall. Yeah. Let's see how they respond. You know, are they going to lay down and die or are they going to fight back? And it's like, obviously, the boxing guy fights back, gets a mm-hmm. grand slam to put them right back in the lead. You know, it's the first time that you show you see um, Drew kind of shed this dejection and just get into super happy mode as he's yeah. jumping around. Um because that's almost as good as you can do in that inning, because like, the max is five. So you've almost yep. maxed out your, like, just, I'd be so hyped. And it's amazing how, even after they're up four, he continues to get on base, and it's still annoying. Like, he still, he wants to, like, finish the inning. He wants to, like, put a, a stop to this and just, like, let me put up another one just so we can, it, it will have been me that flipped over the the inning. He, he just wants to put a stake in right. it. Um, and it was off Colin, too. So that, yeah. that's what brings up Chris Rose talking about like, hey, it's been really interesting that we've seen the ace pitchers in this tournament yeah. get hit around. Literally like you a see Drew, coach. you see Colin. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think from the other games, but I can't. I, can't right I guess now. Jack technically lost the game for We Got Ice recently, but it, yeah, again, I think I said in that Nikki, episode it wasn't his fault. Uh, Nikki didn't have a great performance his last game. Yeah, I can touch up a little bit. You know, Jimmy didn't have a great performance his first game. Mm-hmm. 
So it's true. These these quote unquote aces, like the number ones of their team, yeah, are yeah. not performing the way that we were coming to expect them to. But in a kind of sick way, it makes for a better watch. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Because yeah. now you're sitting there going, "Oh, how are they going to get themselves out of this one? How are they going to, you know, turn this around when their fail safe quote unquote isn't there? Yeah, they, they don't have plan. that safety net." Yeah. Yeah. Mac Flurry Power doesn't have that safety net of Colin. How are they going to get out of this? Hookline didn't have that safety net of Drew until the second inning. How are they going to work this out? And then we saw them work it out by getting a grand slam off of the Mac Flurry Power's quote unquote ace. Yeah. Um you you need a two person deep team or else you're not going to go far in this. <clears throat> yeah, we've been saying it this whole time. Mhm. That was the point of the rules. This whole time. So, and then, you know, Colin gets out of that nightmare of an inning by striking out Drew, uh, who was just really, like, itching to hit. And he was just swinging at things, I think, because he wanted to, he wanted to get a piece yeah, of it. Yeah, which I, which I don't – is definitely not the way to go. I mean, they're, luckily, they're already up four. But the fact that we noted, like, as an audience, that you were looking antsy at the plate and then go up there just swinging at everything, I don't think that's the right way to go about that at bat. It worked out, obviously, but um, just you could everyone could tell how much he just wanted to put the ball in play. So that's yeah. a little, maybe it's a little bit of uh, of youth that was getting to him. But a couple of things before we move on to that last inning, I want to touch on Dan Kenobi a little bit and his just his hitting. Um, even before the home run, I feel like his big problem in this tournament in general is just how much he's been moving his feet around. Like I watched him take his cuts, and his back foot moves like a fucking bowler. Behind it, it, it's it. He shouldn't be moving around that much. Like his, yeah. but his swing path looks awesome. Like he's got that beautiful lefty swing, and even even on that home run, it 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 just happened to land in that happy zone for him. But his, his swing looks so gorgeous. But he's like in a totally different place in the batter's box from start of the swing to the end of the swing. I don't know how he does it. He stands so far off the plate. It's crazy. I think in his first at bat against K Mac, he. Swings the bat. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first pitch, first and second pitch. He swings the bat, and at the end of his swing, which didn't seem like he was pulling it in or pushing it out or anything, just a normal swing. Yeah. The end of the bat did not cross the end of the strike zone, and right. I was like, "Oh my god!" The whole strategy for Dan Canobio is just pitch him outside and hope to clip the edge because uh-huh. he's not swinging out there. Right. He's the he's not standing close enough in the plate. To hit it, so, and then you know, which is why what happens later on exactly because uh, it's a four-run bomb. Colin Stone is pitching him just inside, and like sure, the, the pitch works if you miss inside and even just like maybe hit the pipe inside, but right. that pitch is moving towards his barrel, and he's got that happy lefty swing zone, and he saw that pitch one too many times. He kept doing the same thing. He was like pretty clear what his plan was, and even though that pitch was probably like even like maybe would have piped, but it was. Look, looking like it was going to be out of the zone, it was still low enough and inside enough where that was exactly where Dan wants it. Um, and and again, like repeating pitches right. over and over again inside to a lefty that has an inside lefty swing, I think was just a bad pitch selection and not the worst execution. But I think he, if he got that pitch, maybe at the top of the zone, it would have been easier because I think that that jams a batter a little bit more if you get it up and in. But the low and in is like right right there for Dan. I saw. I, I wasn't even that surprised by that by that home run. So I was like, I, I see he fouled one off like straight back. Two pitches yeah. later, 
Grand Slam. Dan's so good Dan's a Dan. danger. Yeah, Hugh, great. When he, when he when he finds that, if if people don't learn how to pitch to him, um, he's got he's got such a home run stroke in that ballpark. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that went against. Um, there's a lot of things that went against Mac Flurry power in this game. Obviously, struggles at the plate. Um. But at the same time, it was struggles on the mound where mm-hmm. Colin couldn't put it together as well as he did last year. At, towards the end of the first inning, K-Mac kind of lost it on the mound yeah. as well. You know, it really stinks. Yeah. You don't want to see that happen to anybody. But, man, did it make for such... Like, I think if hook line were to have scored five runs in the first mm-hmm. the second inning would not have been as um intense or exciting you just that one was. run would make a huge difference exactly because you're you're talking two run game is and they just scored two runs two, before two swings yeah. yeah yeah two swings two runs here easy um, and, and people in this game are known to three walk run a lot of batters game. too so they could fill up the bases pretty quickly and then just like a couple of hits makes it tied exactly three run game completely different story mm-hmm it's the same as and three like just puts in, more pressure on you too. Even if you know you can get there, it just like it right. puts a mental spin on it that's tough to get by. Because because think about it, right? Even if one person's off, one person's on in a two run game. You know, go ahead, strike out. Don't care. I'll get up twice with the three outs now. Yeah, exactly. I'll get up twice. We'll get our two runs back. Mm-hmm. Three run game. It gets more nervy. So you go into this second inning. With, you know, you're seeing Drew is struggling on the mound. Drew still needs um, another out. Yeah. Dan is, you know, they call him old man Dan. Mm-hmm. So his shoulder is ready to go at any moment. You don't know, like, if Jan- if he doesn't get another out, will he get one? Because yeah, yeah so I, it's all I, nervy. Everything's lining up for a McFlurry power um, comeback. And then, second batter, Drew comes in, faces Colin. Colin's had his number the whole time. Colin hits a little dribbler up the right, off the wall. Drew, uh, Dan Canobio's on the other side, right? Yeah. Drew hauls ass. Like scramble, that's like a little squirrel. Gets it behind him, catches it clean to get the out, and at that point, Drew's switch goes. We're done. He goes. I'm fucking fantastic. And that, and that's how I felt as an audience member too. It's like you see him because so there's man of first no outs, and if that hits the wall, that becomes now first and second no outs. That's a totally different spin on the game than one out one on. Like one out one on, you don't have a rally yet, but two on yep. no outs, you've got something cooking here. Like. Literally just a one swing wins the game. Um, but now like, you feel like you still have so, to scratch and claw oh, with just sorry. one with one guy on. So it's such a different feeling. I've been so conditioned to thinking, oh, once a ground ball hits the wall, that's a hit. Just because you've seen how violently it comes off the wall and how hard it is to control, or like it just goes off at such a speed that it blows past whoever the defender is. Mm-hmm. 
So just to see this play, because the ball wasn't moving slow. Ball was still moving pretty fast. Yeah. Just to see it's, it's, Drew, not the, it's not the slowest we've seen. It was the it's the best defensive play we've ever seen in the warehouse, I think. Yeah. We've seen some other like pop up catches that have been pretty like Jack has had some pretty crazy catches. But this one was hey, just like, such a yeah, such a different play than we've ever seen here. And that, that was like the most definitely the most most athletic catch we've seen. That was when the game was over. Yes. At that point. That that lost that point, all momentum for McFlurry Power. K Mac and Colin we're like, holy they felt, shit, we oh, can't yeah. do anything. Yep. Then you have Dan and Drew. Drew comes, he's like, I'm done. This is it. Comes up against K-Mac, starts throwing more aggressively, which is what he didn't do in the last one. Yeah. Um, gets him to strike out. Then he stays in for Colin, which I thought was interesting because I thought they might have gone back to Dan. Because I can see even Dan like, thing, but Drew wanted said, to no, come no. in. He's like, no, no. <laughs> I'm, yeah, staying. I'm staying hot. Uh, Colin wasn't scared. Swung aggressively at that first pitch. Uh, and then eventually, which is, you know, he wasn't scared swinging aggressively first pitch, which is really poetic because the last pitch froze him and he looked at strike three. <laughs> Hook line came back. Hook line came back in a big yeah. way. And we're going to, we want, I want to see how they carry this over to the playoffs because now they're locked yeah. into the playoffs, right? Yeah, looks like it. <clears throat> um, I also, I want to briefly get into Drew Davis's pitch selection in these final two at bats too he he really seemed to find location in jail because his main pitch is that sinker and he's got two arm slots for it. he's got the one that's straight submarine like straight up and down and one that's a little bit off to the side um same pitch just the different angle makes him move in different shapes but he really found the the sinker to go below the zone to both hitters just it didn't matter as long as it looks like it was gonna hit the bottom and then just dropped below it that was where he kept finding that spot over and over again to like for as a chase pitch. And then the one that he wanted to hit the zone was the straight up and down sinker where he would throw it looking like it was going to go high and it would sink right to the top of the zone. And that combination of like looking like it's going to be above the zone and dropping in and then the one that looks like, looks like it's going to hit the bottom of the zone and then drops out. That like eye level change is such a, a good combination. Like, but that's a, a really smart pitcher right there. Yeah. Really cool. I mean, Drew's really cool been doing this. For years. So I'm sure he's wanted to do it all tournament long, but like the, like you said, when that switch flipped, I think he finally locked in and was able to execute what he wanted to do. Yeah, it looks awesome really to see. Yeah, I love a good redemption story. Even like mid game too, it's awesome. It was so you saw it switch, and he went from this whole serious face to intense face, which there's a fine line in between those yeah. two types of faces, right? Yeah. But man, I mean, good for Drew. Good for Dan. I said you could even call this the tale to two Drews. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I was gonna do it later, Brendan. <laughs> it's like you... that's what this game was. It the was. game was a tale of two Drews. Was that gonna be like an award or something later? No, <laughs> like a special. I was gonna bring award. it up later, though. <laughs> okay, cut that, but, cut that, uh, cut that. But no, you know, let's just let's just go into it. Okay. Uh, right. So this is. You're uh, good. You're done talking about the game as much as you want. As much as you oh can. no, no, I do have two things I want to uh, mention. Go. Oh, this is something I want to. I, I want to do. Yeah, that was purposeful. Uh, <laughs> there's a new segment, not a segment, but like something we need to hit on every episode we haven't been yet. And okay. these are jokes of the episode from the booth, either from Peter Moreland or from Chris Rose, because they have been killing me oh. all episode, all tournament long. 
and there are some subtle ones that really got me in this one. Um, so Peter Morgan wins this week's joke of the episode by okay. saying that Chris Froze was a swinger in St. Lucia during Jake's wedding. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I did catch it because <laughs> it was kind of quick, and I like with his sometimes with his accent, I don't catch everything he says if he says it too quickly. And I rewinded it a couple. Of t- I was like, "What? Like, oh, oh, I see what he's saying." Um, and I, I love the Chris. I was just like, "Shut up." Um, that was funny. And then there was a pitch that hit K Mac in the calf that Chris Rose was like, "If that ball hit Story Alley in the calf, it would split." <laughs> they're both they're both killing me. Love the two of them. They were Great funny. Yeah. They were very funny. Okay, you could take you could take those. Okay, good. I'll stick to the real notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and you can stick to your favorite jokes of the episode. It's a big part of the tournament. Yeah, it's a big part of the tournament. Big part of the tournament. Okay. Um, Which is why I'm surprised you don't watch the, the post games. They're full of it. I always forget. I, I've watched all of them except for last week's and this week's. I'm sorry. I'm dropping the ball. You're dropping the ball. Blitzball. Ha ha. Got it. Ooh. Okay. Later of the gay. Oh. Player of the game. Player of the game. I thought we were doing the noise after I said. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we're learning as we go. Well, Brendan, you could say the player of the game should be Dan Canobio because he did get the four RBIs. He got that big you grand slam. That. But this is where it was going. <laughs> Because the game was a tale of two Drews. Well, where have we heard that before? I'm gonna give it to Drew Davis. Wow. It, it's it his I'm a big story guy, right? And just the fact seeing Drew Davis go from as sad as you could be giving up this home run to Colin Stone. Then as angry as you could be. To as happy as you can be, <laughs> again, very poetically, striking out Colin Stone at the end. And getting that ground ball from a Colin Stone hit, mm-hmm. um, the story just had a beautiful beginning, middle, end. Has to be Drew Davis. Has to be. Has to be. Great. I love it. You got anything else to say about it? No, well, it kind of leads into my play of the game because I'm not giving it to Dan Kenobi either. I'm giving it to Drew for that awesome, like we said, that was the best catch we've ever seen in the warehouse. I love seeing like that was so different. Like I've never seen someone like some people are slipping around in this this tournament on these on these floors, and he just turns around and just jolts after this ball, dives, catches it. It looks pretty clean too. Like didn't it look like he bobbled it at all. He just went after it and grabbed it like a ground no. ball behind him, like just before it hits the wall, snags it. I think that was. I mean, of course, Dan Canuba's home run was very impressive, very cool. But this was very something. That was, was very claps. But just a, an otherworldly warehouse play. Way to go, Drew. Yeah. So just to cap off that, pure, that thing I coined about the Tale of Two Drews. Tale of Two Drews, which I coined. Um, uh, Coins also have two heads. Two right. heads to every coin. <laughs> Everyone knows this. Um, pure instinctual movement by Drew. It, it, he didn't think about it. He He's just like, it, I'm getting ball that ball. got hit. Yeah. He was, before the ball was hit, he was already standing in place. <laughs> No, before like, apparates over there. Right when the ball got hit, it was. I feel like for me, my instinct is run to where the ball is. Uh, and to him, he like I know it's his gonna be instinct over here. was run to where it's going to be, mm-hmm. and it was perfect in every way. He's almost. It's almost like he, he was runs, tracking a fly ball, like same kind of mindset. 
Exactly. But if, but if you're tracking this fly ball, you still have to jump backwards. It's a diving catch when you're diving towards the wall. These are not like soft floors. They're not. They're, they're warehouse floors. What? They're not soft. I sleep in a warehouse how floor, m- but that's a personal choice. How many warehouses have you been to, Brendan? Just the one I sleep in. There's a lot of warehouses, and they're all soft. <laughs> I just picked, I got the one hard one. You got the one. You got the one. <laughs> Shit. Who sold me this? Um, oh, well. But, yeah. Good job, Drew. Good job, We love Drew. it. We love that we you love came it. back. Brendan's a very big hook line sinker. He says that if they didn't win, he would stop watching the tournament. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. I would have shut this um, shit down. Brendan would have shut this shit down. Um but yeah, great game. Uh we have Mac Flurry really put oh, them in a really shitty place. So we can say officially they that they are Mac Hurry Shower. You could say that, but I'm not laughing at it this time because you <laughs> stole my tale of two Drews. Um but they put themselves in a really bad place because if baggage wins by five or if um, pinstripe strong wins by four, they're automatically out. And then if they, if baggage wins by four, pinstripe wins by three, they send Mac flurry to a tiebreaker, which we don't know. I don't believe we know what the tiebreakers are. I think we only know third tiebreaker is, uh, bases. Okay. Excuse me. Total bases. Yeah. Um, so they're in a precarious position. Yeah. Not where they want to be. Um, unlike the two teams for the next game, which is Como and Forgotten right. Rot. Really, just I guess trying to get one seed. Trying to get one. So seed, I guess yeah. is this uh, previews now? Preview. I don't know what this button is. <laughs> Damn it! I do. I should know by now. <laughs> Laugh button. <laughs> Or did we, um, did we decide that's actually kind of we'd, we'd use the laugh button for previews? I forget. No, the laugh button... It's for something else. Oh, the laugh was, button, I think, was for play of the game. Oh, yeah, that might be true. Okay. But we're never going to follow through. <laughs> um, Forgotten Rotten versus Como. Next game. Uh, I think Como's I don't know. Gonna... After, after watching this, I, I, I kind of feel like there's no stakes because... Who cares? This sounds yeah. terrible. Who cares who's the number one? Seat, seat? Like seating doesn't really make. I, I don't. I think once you're, if you're in, you're in. Other like. I want to see someone cry. You're gonna. You're gonna. We want to see crying. We want uh, crying. We want a lot. I want every single team to cry. I want the audience to cry in the, in the warehouse. I want the audience to cry. I want Chris Rose to cry. I. Uh, wow. I, I just out of like happy tears though. Oh. Maybe like an onion. Who knows? I. <laughs> feel like Chris Rose just cooking dinner for everybody. <laughs> He's got a little hot hot pot. Como is going to take this one in my opinion and it's not going to be close. I think they're going to make wow. Forgotten Rotten look bad. I think they're going to jump leaps and bounds for last episode and they're going to take another step in the right direction and realize okay, we cool. We got our feet wet in this warehouse. We know what we need to do. We understand the the pitch radar now. And we're going to see this ball really well off of Dan and maybe even Tre- like Trevor's gotten touched up a little bit. So I think these two professional blitzball hitters. Rust. I, well, they, they're shaking off their own rust, too. They, they're they're back in their element now that they, wow. they're getting adjusted to the pitch speed. So I, I think wow. they're going to run away with this. Unbelievable. That's disrespectful, what you just said. 
was kind of disrespectful. Thing. I also think that Como is going to win, <laughs> uh, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as much as you are saying. First, first blowout of the tournament. They're going to win, Brendan. They're going to win, <laughs> I think, four to three. Trevor's hitting two home runs. Wow. I mean, I, I'm, all, I'm very down to watch a Trevor Power shower. Like, I, I want to see him just... Trevor Ploof's Power Hour? Trevor Ploof, and he's actually getting drunk while he does it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see him just, like, I don't need another player. Like, I, I, can't, I hate to keep saying that Dan Rourke is not a player, but, like, in comparison to this MLB player, Dan Rourke, again, like, maybe the least talented in the tournament. So, I... I Dan! If you had, you have to pick somebody... I'd, I'd say it's Dan Rourke, and that's why they paired the best with the worst. It makes sense. Uh, they they want to take take a championship away from them. They can't let them go four in a row, or three in a row rather. So well, I, I I would like to see like Trevor forgotten rotten one this year. <laughs> I'd like to see Trevor Plouffe just be like, I don't care if I don't have my buddy. I'm gonna take it take it home anyway. One man show. Do you think if they lose the game and then get eliminated from the tournament, Trevor screams as loud as he can? <laughs> I think so. I think we can count on that. Only one way to find out. <laughs> he, oh, he takes Dan Rourke's head, opens his mouth, and screams into his mouth. Screams into his mouth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the last bit of footage from Blitzball Battle 3. <laughs> that's it. So who won? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But uh, before we wrap everything up, big news. Big news. We are on the YouTubes. This should be on YouTube if you want to see us for some reason. If you think our voices are sexy enough to go check out what it actually looks like, go ahead and be disappointed on the internet and look at it. Yeah. Or be like, well, this is way like their voices are so gross, I can't believe they look this good. <laughs> I can't believe they're so hot. <laughs> so check us out. I yeah, mean, we're on YouTube. In canon, the only the only thing that determines if a man is attractive or not in canon. The ring. So we we have, we have one hot guy being Peter, he's married. I'm still hardly ugly getting married in October, and then I could finally be attractive. Yeah. That's it. But until then, you're going to have to deal with Brendan's ugly face. Um, Until then, deal with my ugly face. See you next episode. Bye. Bye, hot Peter.